you know intuition no no i have intuition need of intuition knowledge you just need to hone where it is in your body and figure out how to trust it that's all it is i mean like i'm i'm a hot girl with stomach issues (laughs) there you go (laughs) no all all pretty all pretty girls have stomach issues isn't that right that's true Welcome, Your Majesty, to the Princess Project Podcast. I'm your host, Cassidy Cagney, and I'm an L.A. princess. For what is a princess if not a leader? And what is a leader if not someone who advocates for change? Here to empower, equip, and inspire our future feminine leaders. This kingdom welcomes royals of all kinds, So whether you're a prince or a princess, a king or a queen, or any royal in between, put on your crown and pull up your seat, for the podcast is about to begin. Hello, your majesty. Welcome to the Princess Project Podcast. I'm Cassidy Cagney, and I'm an L.A. princess helping you to live your royal life. With my master's in education with an emphasis in social-emotional learning, my background in the arts and activism, I am so ready to help you take a leading role in your own life, both internally and externally to the greater community and even further out into the future. Yeah, so we're going, we're jumping different dimensions. Right now on the podcast, we are doing something called the princessship pathway because what is a princess if not a leader? Over the next two months, we are going to be diving into the princessship pathway, which is a self-development process created by yours truly based on social emotional learning skills and fundamental leadership skills. The Princessship Pathway has three steps, and today our special guest, Courtney Coffey, is the perfect person to outline those three steps. We get to hear all about how she went from empowerment to equipping herself, preparing herself, educating herself, and now inspiring others and continuing to inspire herself to think bigger keep going, resist burnout, and make change. It's really exciting. The princessship pathway has three steps, and you can take a certain section of your life, say a specific relationship. Maybe you want to be a better friend, or maybe things are rough with your partner right now. You could take your career. Maybe you have a career goal that's coming up, like a promotion or a raise that you really want. Maybe it could even be your business. Uh, starting your own business, but whatever it is, taking that one section of your life, it could even be spiritual, you know, and thinking about how you can use your natural leadership qualities in order to help you lead your own life. You are the main character and you are worthy of being a leader, You were naturally born a leader. If you are listening to this podcast, you are a princess and are probably a natural born leader, if not someone who wants to be a leader in the future. I believe that everyone has natural leadership qualities to them, whether they might be different leadership qualities, but if we each take responsibility for that side of us, we can collaborate as leaders. That was actually what we talked about last week 
how when a group of leaders get together and all take responsibility for their life, their actions, and their impact, the outcome is so much greater and juicier and more impactful. So briefly, 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 the empowerment stage, the first stage of the princessship pathway is that initial spark. It's that moment before you do that thing, that the moment before you take your first step. It is acknowledging that you are worth the time, you are worth the uncomfortable conversation, you are worth the effort, and you are worth more than the possibility of failure. It is saying to yourself, yes, I can, and yes, I will. It's the instant before you decide to get out of your chair and go introduce yourself to someone across the room. It is that moment before you open your laptop and type your name into that first section of the college application. It could even be typing that text that says, hey, I think we need to talk. It is getting you started. It is looking inward and realizing that you have so much to offer and you are worth it. You can and you get to decide if you will. The next phase is the equip phase when we prepare you for the leadership to come, honing our skills and building our education. And in the inspire stage, we lead by example as well as creating continuous inspiration for ourselves so that we can avoid things like burnout and plateauing and so that you can continue to succeed. So I would recommend that you go back to the last episode because the first thing that you need to do is figure out where you are on the princess pathway. Are you at the beginning stages, the inward stages, empower, where we need to look in, in the equip stage where we expand our learning and expand out into the community? Or are you in the inspire stage where we expand even further out into the future? Today's guest is a perfect example of this pathway. We are going to talk all about her initial empowerment, how she got equipped by working in big corporate with a very special little mouse. And, (laughs) hint, hint. And we get to listen all about how now she is inspiring and building her business, going bigger, thinking bigger, and creating real change for people. So last week, episode 11 was an overview of all of the steps. Go back and listen to episode 11. Pause this episode. Go back to episode 11 and listen to that so that you can know exactly where on the princess pathway you are. The princessship pathway is a self-development process. It is completely free. All of the content is free. The podcasts, the journals, the giveaway, and the workshops coming up at the end of the process. So in about two months, but absolutely all of it is going to be free. So go back, listen to episode 11, and find out where you are on the princessship pathway. Not everybody is going to start on phase one. Some people might start on phase two or even three. Let me know what phase you are on, and I can create more specific and more helpful content for you. I would be so interested to know how many of you feel you are in the empowerment stage and how many of you feel you might be in a different stage. 
I am such a big fan of hers. This episode, she was one of the first people I wanted to talk to. This episode has been months in the making, including before the podcast was ever even birthed. So this episode has been a long time coming. Courtney is an actor, model, and empowerment coach. Wow! She is a mindfulness coach. She does all kinds of workshops. She does one-on-one coaching, and she specializes in corporate wellness. So during her equip phase, she was working at a corporate level job at Disney after participating in their college internship program and the Disney college program. And that prepared her to be the mindfulness coach and business owner that she is now. We actually recorded this episode back before the princess pro- the princess ship pathway was out there. So listen to this conversation. Listen to those moments because she has certainly come through to the uh, inspire stage and listen to those moments where, oh, look, yeah, that was her empowerment moment. That was her spark. Oh, I can see how she was developing and learning new things and practicing her skills. And oh, I can see her leading by example and I can see her having her eyes on the future and I want to connect with her. She even has a free 30 days of affirmations for the Empowered Creative ebook. Go to her website. That will be linked in the show notes. She is a great resource for you all. And she has a fear mastery workshop. She also specializes in human design. Human design is a process and kind of like a code of personalities. It helps you to find and identify your inner strengths and where they come from. Human design can be a really great first step if you just have no idea where to go. So for all of our steps, knowing your natural talents, your natural gifts, where you shine, where you can help people, where you can make the biggest impact, especially if you feel like you don't know at the top of your head, human design is a great tool for you to use. And Courtney even has one-on-one coaching. Courtney even does individual human design readings. It's kind of like when you would go to get your chart read um, or get your tarot cards read, except for it is an entirely different process, and she'll tell you all about that. So without further ado, I am so glad to introduce you to Courtney Coffee. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, I'm so excited for I'm see I'm all nervous because I'm a big fan and I'm I've been looking forward to this for so long. We have wanted to connect for so many months. Yeah, for a long time. (laughs) It's been a while here though, so I get it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. But what is it not? You know? Yeah, true. But that being said, that it is such a wild year, I know that you have been doing some incredible things. I know you've been busy. I know you've been growing. I I get to watch and like support you from the sidelines, being able to like be a part of your social media and all that kind of good stuff. But I am so excited to learn a little bit more about you, dive a little bit deeper about what it means to be a leader, how you have grown um, in your 
leadership identity and skill. And I think that our listeners is, are going to gain so much value from your wisdom. So I am so, I'm so grateful you are here. Yeah, I'm so grateful to be here. And hopefully you're so nice. <laughs> Everything you said was so nice, but hopefully I have something to offer people like something oh. that helps them. So of course you do. <laughs> you know that. Yeah. But I, I'm just hoping that it comes across. So I'm just, I'm really excited to be here and do what I can. Oh, yes, very much. So before we get going, tell us a little bit about you for our listeners. Uh, this is Courtney Coffey. And tell us a little bit about uh, who you are, what you do, what you're passionate about, um, so that our listeners can get to know you a little bit. Yeah, uh, my name's Courtney Coffey. I'm kind of a multi-hyphenate. I do a lot of things, <laughs> but I guess professionally right now, I'm a mindset coach for creatives, entrepreneurs, excuse me, and executives, and I help them kind of release stress, get unstuck, and manifest their goals. Um, but before that, I was producing a lot more. I still produce some things, but I was producing some stuff for the Walt Disney Company. I'm mm. also an actor. I'm also a musician a dancer. So I do a lot of things. <laughs> and a side note, you are a beautiful dancer. Thank you. That's a beautiful so dancer. She was just in my class. I just did a dance. <laughs> yeah, I just did a, a mindfulness movement meditation. Did yeah. You, uh, is it just movement meditation? Uh, it's mindful movement, but it's a way to meditate. It's the M words that I almost yeah. got right. Lots of M words. It's a good way to meditate if you can't sit still because I had a lot of trouble learning to meditate at first. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it helps me uh, when I'm in classes like yours to really stay in a positive mindset. A lot of times when I shut down and, uh, you know, in quiet, my thoughts can get really dark. And start to go down this spiral that is hard to control. Um, so being able to expel that energy in a different way through my body is really helpful. How often do you teach those um, movement classes? Yeah, um, I teach them for the public once a week, usually in the mornings. Um, but looking to expand, see where people's schedules lined up to expand doing more classes. Because traditionally I was doing them for corporate teams only and a few like private clients. Uh, so excited to do more of them publicly. But yeah, it's really, really good for expelling energy that no longer serves us, getting in touch with your breath, using that mind-body connection to strengthen your energy to manifest faster, all of that stuff. So I work for myself within corporate America now. So I'm more like a <laughs> oh yeah. that's that is the <laughs> life yes I like it a lot that is a dream because you're making an impact in um you could say mainstream corporate America uh playing playing with the big money you yeah. know and the people involved in uh especially uh wealthy creatives mm -hmm. like Disney company people who, yeah, they're doing something creative, but it is much uh, more grounded in capitalism. Mm -hmm. And making that impact you as a genuine person there, and then also being able to lead your own, lead yourself on your own path. Yeah. That's so exciting. Oh. Thank you. I'm so grateful for it, honestly. It is, it's the best because... 
Um, when I did work like with corporate and everything, I was very lucky to have leaders who were very open-minded and who like wanted to become better versions of themselves so that they could help their team become better. And so while I was actually still working with them, I was able to explore what I would do as an entrepreneur and as a consultant. So I explored doing those mindful movement classes, explored doing something called human design workshops, which we'll talk about later, um, and explored just different ways to help people become better leaders and to work with people better. Because at the end of the day, like, in those environments, even if it's for a capitalist reason, like at least I like to think, we're giving the world something. Like there's an exchange of energy there. And so when I worked in corporate America, sometimes I felt like, I, like as a creative, my creative vision was being lost for the sake of the company's image. Mm. Uh, but I also know that the art that I was creating and the stuff that I was putting out was helping people move through their daily lives and move through things that were happening both individually and within the collective. Uh, so it's an interesting transition, but I've been very fortunate with the corporate experiences that I have had. <laughs> yeah, you have so many different facets of your story, like rising through corporate successes, now you're doing some personal coaching and you're an actress. You've had a producing career. Oh, and then you also mentioned your human design, mm -hmm. right? Um, and I don't know too crazy much about human design, but I'm really interested to learn. As far as I understand it, it can be used as a tool um, to like guide you through these different environments of your life. Does that almost makes sense I got you so it's like a map of your energy basically and the way I explain it to people is if you know what like the Myers-Briggs system is have you heard of that is that the one with the letters like INFJ yeah. okay yeah so I just call it the spiritual Myers-Briggs because it's a self-development tool that really you utilizes like uh, astrology and quantum mechanics and Chinese I Ching and the chakra system to help you understand yourself and how you interact with the world and where you're more likely to have conditioning from events and people that you're around and everything going on in your life. Uh, so it's a really, just really good way to get in touch with your energy. And then also when it comes to moving through life by yourself, um, understanding how to do that with less resistance and more flow. So allowing yourself to make life easier basically. <laughs> yeah. There's two different types of leadership, I think. And um, a lot of times we think of if you're going to be a leader, if you're going to have a leadership role, you have to be in charge of people. Like almost like acting. Like uh, there's not theater unless there's at least two people, right? There has to be an audience and a performer. Mm -hmm. But being a leader in your own life is also a huge deal, you know, not letting other people make decisions for you and showing up for yourself to be, to be the main character yeah. is also so important. So learning human design, can it help you on the personal as well as uh, the extended? Absolutely. It's helped me a lot too. It was actually one of the first tools that I used when I was kind of in a place where I didn't know what to do next. Um, but it can really help you get in touch with 
your unique energy, your emotions, how you manifest, how you interact with other people and help you, for lack of a better term, like navigate the place that you're in no matter where it is. Mm. So yeah, it's a really powerful tool for sure. When did you first start uh, gaining interest or learning about human design? Yeah, so I started learning about human design early 2020 before the pandemic shut everything down. Uh (laughs) Um, But I started learning about it because I felt like I had a bigger purpose than what I was living. And I didn't know what to do with that. I feel like I have all these things I want to do and I like have dreams. Like I've always known I wanted to be an actor, but for other things, I just like, I didn't know how to move forward. And so my friend who was really into astrology and spirituality, didn't know much about human design, but like heard about it one time or got a reading one time and was like, you should look into it. So I looked at my chart and I kind of did my little research on what the basics, the bare basics of what it meant. And I was like, this is cool and super specific. I want to learn more about it. So then I did a deep dive and that turned into taking courses and that turned into like doing practice readings and then eventually incorporating it into my coaching and uh, doing readings as well, full readings. So yeah, it's been a journey with human design, but I love it. (laughs) Yeah. You mentioned spirituality and when you use the word purpose, I grew up in a Christian household. So when I think of purpose, I always think of like God's purpose and like kind of like associate it with religion, even though I know that's not um, always what it means. So what is what was your like religious background growing up and what impact did human design have on your spirituality? Yeah, uh, I grew up also in a Christian household. We went to church every Sunday, like went to Bible school, went on Christian retreats all the time. Uh, So I totally get that. For me, I think when I got to college, I felt like there were parts of it that made me feel guilty, like parts of the religion that made me feel like I, like there was something wrong with me basically. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there was some trauma from that. And then I just kind of separated myself from religion altogether in college and then when I graduated I I wanted that anchor back but I also wanted something that felt a little bit more authentic to me so I started exploring spirituality and so now how I kind of identify is I think spirituality is our connection to source God the universe whatever it is it all means the same thing Um, but our connection to that And it's not dictated by a strict set of rules necessarily, Um, but it's just, it's remembering who we are beyond the 3D. So remembering who we are beyond the physicality, the bodies that we're in and tapping into that. Yeah. Appreciating people on a deeper level, it sounds like. Yeah. And around us. Yeah, I, it makes me think of intersectionality and when we have so many, you know, identities that meet each other, nobody's just one thing, but Mm -hmm. at the same time, those identities don't paint 
a full picture. Like that's not all of who you are still. You still have an innate nature about you. You still have um, a specific way that you think that no one else will be able to think like, feel like. Um, So human design, can human design help us get a little bit more of a hold on that inner part of ourself? Yeah, it really helps you understand your gifts and harness them in a way that is beneficial not only for you, but for the collective and like basically giving into that energy exchange, that energetic exchange to make sure that that you receive the abundance that is rightfully yours, because I, I think we're all deserving people. It's kind of controversial when I use the word just deserving, but it doesn't mean why people think it means entitled. Oh, I could see that. Yeah. I don't think anyone's entitled to things, but we're deserving of things for sure. And so everyone's deserving of abundance. And so it helps you tap into the energy of not only the easiest way to get it, but also like how to serve others back because that's what we're here to do. And you have to have that exchange. Mm -hmm. It makes me think of respect, like something like respect is something we all deserve. And personally, I'm not one to be like, oh, you have to earn my respect. No, you get my respect because you're breathing. Like there's no other reason. Um, And sure, I guess if things happen, people can lose respect. But respect is something that you should automatically get because you're a human or a living thing or even just a thing on this planet. Yeah. We are so deserving. And part of this podcast is, is to empower people, right? Empower young girls to know that they are deserving of a voice. And they have, they have one already, but they deserve yeah. to be able to use it. Mm-hmm. So what have you learned about specifically leadership from human design, from your experiences learning about human design? Yeah, I guess personally, or overarching, I guess, about leadership is the cool thing about human design is that we're all conditioned to think that there's one way to do something, like one way to be a leader, one way to build a business, one way to achieve success. Uh, But we're all different. And so that one way works for some people, it does. But for the majority of people, it's going to cause a lot more resistance than there needs to be. Mm. Uh, So that it helps with that, but it also helps you uncover skills that, you know, you can help people with, that help you communicate with people, that people find inspiring about you, um, and, and helps you, especially when you're looking at people's charts that interact with each other consistently. Like, I've looked at corporate teams and seen everyone's charts. You can see people's strengths, people's weaknesses, people, how they best work together, and also figuring out where your pitfalls are, I guess, where you're more susceptible to fault. I don't want to use the word faltering, but for lack of a better term, faltering. Uh, So you can be aware of it so that you can be aware of how you come across to other people where they might perceive you in a way that you don't necessarily mean to be perceived Mm. and address that as well. Uh, So I definitely think it's a really great tool for leaders to put in their back pocket so they're able to communicate more effectively with their teams. So they're able to make sure everyone feels appreciated, to make sure everyone's taken care of, make sure everyone's happy and, and working uh, with the most creativity, the most love, the most everything. <laughs> when you're bringing up someone's chart, what is that based on? Like, I know in astrology, it's your birthday. Is it the same? 
or similar? Yeah. yeah, your birthday and your birth time and your birthplace. Okay. I had to, uh, I had to look at my birth chart, recent, not birth chart. Oh my gosh. Birth certificate. That's uh, very different. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just had to look at my birth certificate the other day because I had to make sure it was correct on my marriage license. Life is so crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, now I can feel a lot better about uh, researching things like this. Cause I can know like exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 11.55. I don't know if that like means anything. AM or PM? Oh, I should totally know that. I want to say AM. Okay. Yes. Usually AM if it's 11, cause they'll probably use the universal time, like the 24 hour clock. If it's- oh yeah. Yeah. So then AM. <laughs> yeah. Cool. But where would people be able to get a crude, a crude reading um, of their human design chart? Because I know human design can be pretty complicated and you do need a professional like yourself to um, help you understand all of it. But if someone was going to just get started, what would you recommend um, they look at or look to? Yeah. So the first thing that you should do is you should go to mybodygraph.com it's where you can see your chart for free it's going to look confusing but <laughs> get your chart for free there and then you can use online blogs to look at the very basics so look up your type look up your um, authority and your strategy and your profile those are going to be the like biggest overarching things the most important things to look at when you're first starting out um, but if you're looking to get a full reading then I'd look into finding a reader. I do then. Um, you can find that on my website, CourtneyCoffee.com. But I look into getting a reading or going deeper if you want to figure out what all the shapes and numbers and all that stuff means. <laughs> Very nice. Um, so you have a number of human design clients. Is it typically, uh, do you find people who are in creative and arts field who, who best benefit from human design? Or... Uh, can it also be used for more left brain business spaces, like uh, maybe people in finance or something like that? Yeah, a lot of my clients tend to be in creative fields because of where I'm based. <laughs> I'm based in Los Angeles, so woot, woot. people out here, but it is beneficial for everybody because it's not just, you know, helping you do all the woo-woo spiritual things that you may think is only reserved for you know, creative people, although, mm -hmm. again, that's accessible to everybody, but it just helps you understand, you know, for example, me, when I was in corporate, and we would have brainstorms, new ideas, and, and new content to put out, for the life of me, when I was alone in my office, or in my apartment working, I could not come up with ideas, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, <laughs> but then I would get into the brainstorm and it wasn't even because other people were talking. I would just have ideas because other people's energy was around me. And then I discovered I have an open head center, which when you have an open center, uh, it's going to be more susceptible to other people's energy. You're going to feel conditioning, all of that stuff. And so I had an open head center and I come up with ideas better when I'm around people. So I learned that by knowing my chart. And so 
knowing your chart and, and figuring out all of that stuff can help you come up with ideas, can help you figure out the best way to make decisions that you may be split on, um, can make you be better at interacting with people in business meetings, because sometimes there's just a simple energetic communication issue that stops a multi-million dollar deal from happening. I'm aware <laughs> of that so that that doesn't happen because that's a lot of money to lose, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, everyone can really, really benefit from human design. Ah, awesome. I just, I had a question and then, and then I was listening to your answer. I was like, (laughs) 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 it was such a good answer. I like forgot. I forgot my question. Um, oh, oh, I remember having an open headspace. Like you were saying, sounds like a great attribute. Uh, for someone in leadership. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about that? Maybe how yeah. that's affected your leadership? Yeah, I will say when it comes to human design, like your type, your open centers, your defined centers, whatever it is, like it's never good. <laughs> hit the microphone. It's never good or bad. It just is. It just is. And so people have different strengths and weaknesses and that's okay. Uh, but having an open head center and an open Ajna center, which is the energy center that's right below the head, those two really help me understand how people think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to be really careful with that because if I'm around people who, you know, can impact me in negative ways when it comes to doubts and fears and things that I think are possible, then I can easily adapt those beliefs without even realizing it and then get into a more negative uh-huh. space um but having those open centers really does help me understand people's ideas it helps me be more open-minded when it comes to understanding other people's point of view on things uh helps me create more ideas helps me communicate with people a little bit easier uh yeah. so yeah there's there's a lot of good things when it comes to having open centers in any of the energy centers and there's a lot of things that you have to be careful with as well but like I said it's neither good or bad to have open or defined centers but if you have an open head center that is so receptive to people's um creative energy that sounds like um you would be a great you would be great at adapting to whatever uh, group of people you're working with so that you know what they need on not exactly a spiritual level, but almost like an intuitive level. Does that yeah. sound correct? Yeah. A lot of people with open heads and open origins tend to be created in some way. Um, but they're also very good at, yeah, connecting with people in that way. So that is a strength of having those centers open. I don't know how good my uh, adaptability skills are. I'm sure they're fine. <laughs> yeah, <it's just> great. <laughs> I mean, that's part of being a teacher, right? Yeah. If you're not going to be adaptable, you're never going to finish anything. Right, right. And, and in human design, all of the energy centers work together. So you might have, you know, a defined head, but then that strength and attributes of that could come through in a different way through a different energy center. So there's a lot of ways to interpret a chart. Like yeah. I suggest getting a reading. So you have that, the help to figure out how everything works together. When energy is coming at you, that might not be incredibly positive. Earlier you were talking about 
uh, absorbing negative energy from other people and you might um, funnel that energy into a negative outcome for yourself. That sounds like manifestation to me. Um, so I know that manifestation is, you know, more always talked about in like a positive, a, a positive way, but we can also make negative things happen for ourselves, you know? So how does human design relate to manifestation? Yeah. So we are constantly manifesting 24 seven. So human design is like this chart of your energy. So it helps you understand how it works in the world. And the thing about human or the thing about manifestation is it's energy. Like everything is energy. And so understanding your energy will help you manifest in a way that's going to be a lot easier, a lot flowier, a lot less resistant for you. And of course, faster as a byproduct. Um, but it, when it comes to manifesting things that we don't want, because sometimes that happens with conditioning in our open centers, it's really, really important to protect your energy and be aware of the impact that other people's energy or like circumstances have had on you because manifestation in the 3D, because physical reality is a lot slower than the quantum realm. And this is a little bit. Oh, I'm so ready. I, I have more questions <laughs> popping up about spirituality for you. So yeah, yeah. You, you flow girl. <laughs> awesome. Um, but yeah, so when it comes to manifesting, like everything manifests instantly in the quantum realm as a thought, first of all, because when you're like, oh, I want this thing. It's a thought. It's real. It's there. It exists. Yeah. And on some I never timeline, thought of that before. That, yeah. that blew my mind. It's true. And then when you write it down, that's why people love journaling as a way to help you manifest. It becomes something tangible that you can hold on to. But uh, everything is energy. And so when you understand how your energy is projecting out into the world, but also how it's attracting things into your life, then that'll help you manifest how other people's energy impacts you, will help you be aware of energy that's not uniquely yours. Mm -hmm. And so then you don't have to unconsciously take on beliefs that aren't yours or, or take on energy that's not yours. And that will really help you kind of protect yourself. And the, and the way that you best really do that is when it comes to your biggest manifestations or things that are really special to you or beliefs that you feel like other people will judge you for, make sure you're careful, number one, around who you're around, but be careful who you share things with. Because that sentiment of you're kind of the sum of the five people closest to you is true. Like it's really important to make sure you're careful based on uh, who you're around, the energy that you're around, because that will impact you in a huge way. So yeah, manifestation, we're manifesting 24 seven. And, and it's important to be aware of your energy as well as the impact that other people's energy has on you. Oh, does any of that have to do with being an empath at all? Does it relate? Uh, yeah. So people always ask me this. <laughs> oh, they do? Good. So usually when people think of being an empath, they're talking about their emotional center. Um, so that is either defined or undefined. But I think when it comes to the actual definition of empath, we have to look at all the energy centers. So most people have at least one energy center open and that's where they understand people best and take in other people's energy 
And so you're empathetic in your own way. It doesn't always have to be strictly like you're amplifying people's emotions because that's what happens in an open center. Like you take in other people's energy and you amplify it. So uh, you don't always have to be doing that in that center, but all of the centers. That's why there's this one human design type. There's five types within human design and then there's this one type, they're called reflectors and they have all open centers. And of course they have their own energy because they're human beings, but they're just mirrors for the world. Like they reflect back to people everything about themselves and people tend to not like them because of that <laughs> yeah. or love them. It's like very polarizing. Have uh, you ever listened to basic witches? No, I haven't. Are you witchy at all? Would you consider yourself witchy? Okay, cool. Because I was going to ask you about protecting yourself. And I was like, I wonder if she'll say selenite. <laughs> or I obsidian. Selenite. Yeah. I, love <laughs> I have stuff. had problems with ghosts before, especially like within the last two years. So now like I will always have selenite lining my, my window. Because that's I where that. I usually see. I've had like ghosts leave imprints on my like window frames. No it way. was so creepy, including like eyes. So creepy. I don't want to manifest any of that. <laughs> no, that's so scary. Yeah, I have my crystals like in the window too. So <laughs> you get it. Get you. Yes. But yeah, we don't want that. No, we don't want that. So I, I try to focus, you know, I put my selenite there and I have to say, okay. I've dealt with that. That's over in order to help me move on to the things that I do want. Talk about ghosts and crystals and stuff. Um, and you also mentioned you came from a Christian household. So what impact has manifestation, manifestation, seeing your manifestations uh, <laughs> manifest, uh, how has that affected your sense of spirituality? Yeah, it's made me realize that everything is energy. <laughs> and, and what we, it's important to know what we're putting out into the world um, because manifestation, usually people get into it because they're like, oh, I want things. Like I want my dream life. I'm tired of being miserable, which is completely valid. But it comes from that place of taking all the time. But mm -hmm. spirituality is a larger thing like it's much bigger than just manifestation and so understanding that and understanding kind of like everything even if it's not something you necessarily like going through it's going to help you get to a better version of yourself and also help you impact people around you is important to take into account something that's a uh, consistent theme throughout my life is <laughs> being this is gonna sound so mean, but I don't mean this in like. Oh come uh, on, do it, do it. I don't mean this in like a, a derogatory way towards myself, but something that's a consistent theme for me is I inspire people through working through hardships myself, like things that people have told me that I couldn't do, or things that I'm traditionally bad at, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to learn. <laughs> I'm going to get better at it. I'm going to do this thing. And that's the biggest way, not only that I help people and teach people, but like inspire people to go after their dreams as well. That's and a really good way to keep you centered, right? And keep yourself yeah. accountable so that you're doing your own journaling, your own self-work and all that kind of stuff. So that, that that's being a leader in your own life. Mm -hmm. 
And so when you are, you can be a leader for others. Exactly. You can't pour from an empty cup, right? You need to fill your own cup first. Absolutely. Okay. This is going to kind of change, not change the subject, but um, I would love to hear a little bit about what working for Disney was like, because Disney is such a huge company. I do have a lot of guests on the show who are small business owners, mm-hmm. um, but also women um, having a place in larger uh, companies and like more traditional corporate circles is also incredibly important for representation um, and equity. So what was it like working for them? And why do you think it was important for you to show up in that space? Yeah, Disney and I have a very unique, beautiful relationship. (laughs) So I grew up on Disney. Uh, like a lot of people did. And my actual first job within the Walt Disney Company was at the parks. So I was doing food service at the parks with the college program. Nice. (laughs) Yes, it was a very entry-level job. Um, But I learned a lot about how the corporation works. And I learned a lot about, you know, Disney's values and image and all of that from working at the parks and being consumer-facing. And then from there, I ended up talking to somebody and got a position at the studios, Walt Disney Studios, first as an intern and then moving into a producer role. And it's so interesting to see because unlike smaller studios or smaller content houses, Disney has this huge identifiable brand and they hire really creative and talented people for their individuality. And it adds a special touch to it, but you still have to do all of that within the brand, which I I don't think is neither like a good or bad thing. Um, As a creative, it's it's really cool to see the stuff that you make on like that big stage, see it being be received by like literally millions of people. Um, But it also at times can feel like your creativity is being lost. And so that's the challenge with working with the big corporation is the individuality. But overall, like the people are amazing. The content's amazing. Everyone is so creative, so fun, uh, so inspirational. The leadership at the company, honestly, is amazing. I Who were you it. working under when you were when you were working there? Uh, yeah. So do you mean like the CEO who was there? Yeah, like when you talk about Disney leadership, I know that it's changed like somewhat-ish recently, kind of. Um, So when you were there, when you say that you had a great experience with Disney leadership, um, you don't have to use names, but what kinds of roles are we talking like managers or, or I, I don't know what, what does that look like? Yeah. Um, we had the senior writer producers that were above me and also the VPs, the vice presidents. And then, you know, honestly, if I was at the Burbank lot, because there are two lots for Disney in LA, and um, sometimes I worked at the one in Los Feliz, but sometimes I lived at Burbank. And so if I was at the Burbank lot, sometimes I ran into either Bob Iger or Bob Chapek. I was there during both of them being CEOs, and they would say hi. Like, they would ask me about myself, and we have to wear little name tags with little Mickey Mouse mm-hmm. on them. And they're like, hey, Courtney, like, how's your day going? Tell me about what you're working on. Like, it's very personable, even 
if people at that level feel unattainable and like everyone has access to everyone if you need someone. So it's a really inclusive environment and really, really conducive to growth and like just learning new things. If I wanted to learn about another department and kind of shadow them, that was really easy to set up too. So yeah, it's a really great company to work for. That is so comforting to me to, to hear because I have never worked with Disney, but I look at it as this, you know, massive, you know, massive brand. They're huge. And they I guess things. I get kind of uh, intimidated, scared of it. And I think to myself, like this, I, you know, I don't know what's happening beside, behind the scenes. And I'm really glad that you had such a great experience with them. It makes you feel a lot better about like being a patron and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. They're really, really good. And, um, oh. Man, it's crazy. I will say too, specifically, when everything in 2020 was going on, like everything shut down and we all had to start working from home. And then there was like the riots and everything that happened. They were very understanding of people needing like space. And they also were open to conversations Um, because Disney, like any other company has its holes, like its flaws but they were open to talking about it and figuring out how to fix it, which I really respect. So that is cool too. That is wonderful because Disney has the resources, right? <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> For they have the resources. The corporation I was working with at the time, which I will not name, they talked a huge game about inclusion, support, resources uh, before the pandemic and then really show their colors, not supporting their employees at all Mm. during. And I guess I get, the bigger the corporation is that I look at, my trust does go down a little bit. Mm -hmm. But what's good is that Disney, one, does have the resources, and two, it sounds like, will use those resources where a lot of other companies will just uh, not prioritize it. Mm-hmm. even if they do have the resources. Yeah, I think it really does come down to individual team leadership and how personal it was uh, when I worked at Disney because they they made sure that everyone was okay. And they just all had personal relationships. It wasn't like a content house where you work alone in your office and never talk to anyone. Like we mm-hmm. all collaborated together. We were a family for lack of a better term. Uh, so yeah, I have nothing but respect for the leaders there. They handled the transition to work from home. They handled people dealing with their families and going through all of these emotions in this new world and people's new boundaries. Like they handled all of that in stride. So props to them. That's so wonderful. We actually also talked about that last week, how the best groups are leader, are all leaders, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So do you identify as a natural born leader? Have you always seen yourself as a leader? No. Really? I, I, I'll say I, I do now, but I haven't. Always. Oh my goodness. Can you tell me about that journey? Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> I did not think of myself as a leader at all. Um, I always was like very shy, very in the background. Like I literally would talk. Like oh, I man. talked so low and I was scared to talk to anybody. <laughs> so, <laughs> 
Um, and I, I didn't think I was good at anything either. I was like, I have nothing to offer. Like, I, I don't even have friends. I was really good with one-on-one -on -one relationships, but when I came to like groups of friends, I never had a group of friends. And I felt like there was something wrong with me because I didn't have like that core click. Yeah. Uh, and also I, I can guess, relate. Yeah. I, I guess it's also because I moved a lot because my parents were both in the military. But um, I, I really didn't have like that core group of friends. I was like, those are my friends. I hopped around to people. And, and now I know that knowing my energy, I work really well with different groups of people. And that's a strength that I should be proud of. But, um, you know, it's not something I should be ashamed of. But I, I didn't think that people would ever look up to me because I didn't think of myself as someone that people wanted to be around in the first place because of that. Wow. And so moving into college, I kind of sunk into the background, just, you know, tried to make friends and have fun. And like I said, I danced competitively and did something called Color Guard in college. And uh, I ended up learning a lot about leadership through Color Guard because I was legit, <laughs> legit, the worst one on the team when I got oh. there. I was. That's not even like me being hard on myself. You watch a video, I was the worst one on the team. I thought you were going to say because I was legit. No, I, I thought was that so was bad. the end of the. <laughs> I was so bad. Uh, when I was a freshman in college, I was the worst. And but but I didn't want to be the worst forever. So I worked really, really hard silently and worked my way up through the ranks and worked my skill level up through the four years that I was there and ended up being captain of the competitive groups when I was a senior. Um, and it was like, it's a huge deal because they were big groups <laughs> that like went to world championships and everything. Wow. So, yeah. So uh, I, that was my first taste of leadership and like leading those groups of people, those women who were on the team, um, I, I found my strengths were in the one-on-one -on -one thing that I was talking about earlier that I thought was kind of like a weakness of mine because everyone felt really seen and everyone felt like they could talk to me about what was going on and everyone felt like they could come to me when they needed help with skills but also just like school and life stuff and they were having trouble balancing both and so it made me realize that leadership isn't just being like this figurehead that tells people what to do to make sure order is in place but it's actually like being compassionate with people and understanding people and loving people and and using everyone's strengths to create a cohesive team and so knowing that you know I moved forward and started leading without the title so I started mm just carrying myself in a way where I cared about people. I built relationships, not because I wanted to network, quote unquote, but because I wanted friends and I wanted people to feel like they were seen. And, and that created some incredible things in my life, um, created opportunities, created relationships, created and continue to create invaluable things for both them and me. Mm -hmm. And moving through those lessons in my social life and then into the corporate world, realizing that, um, especially with creatives, especially with artists and creatives, <laughs> you have to be a people first person. You have to have emotional intelligence and having emotions and having feelings and working well with one-on-one -on -one people does not make you a bad leader. It's actually a really, a really huge strength. Uh, a lot of people I feel like 
lead from a place of fear or feel like you have to lead from a place of fear, but that's not the best way, in my opinion. It's not even effective. How many times can you yell at a group of seventh graders to then make them listen to you? Right. On the sixth time you yell at them, like that's, it's not going to work. You got to approach it a different way. Exactly. And I, and I've, um, I've seen like, I had a dance teacher because I taught dance for a bit too. I've seen coaches like do that, yell at their students, call them worthless, like mm-hmm. do all of that. That's what stuff. I grew up with. Absolutely. Oh, it's the worst. And it, it takes a toll on them because first of all, they begin to believe that stuff, but then they don't even want to be there anymore. And then they lose their passion for something and they lose their creativity and they stop trying. And then they're depriving the world of this beautiful light and this beautiful creativity and this beautiful dream that they had. And why should we be doing that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you just told little Cassidy's story. Uh-huh. I didn't do competitive dance, but I did musical theater. And yeah. the director I mostly worked with was very much, it was just like dance moms. Okay. Oh, no. And I lost my passion. Like, Oh, Oh, I don't even, I don't even know how long my passion was actually non-existent for. Cause what Mm. I learned about myself was that I was not, I was not a competitive person at all. Like I don't have any kind of sense of competition, which is why I sucked at sports. I don't think I ever won anything in my life. (laughs) I I won a raffle one Easter for yeah for something it has a raffle it doesn't count but I literally never won anything in my life because I'm I'm just not interested in competing like oh you want the soccer ball yeah go go ahead you You can have the ball that's funny um so after getting to know each other a little bit I know that you haven't looked at my chart but if you know human design so well if you had to make like a random guess what would you what type I know you said there were five types Mm -hmm. what type would you guess that I would be and then maybe we can like check your work later (laughs) or your prediction yeah I feel like from knowing you and like talking to you I feel like you're either a generator or manifesting generator what's the difference um a manifesting generator is a subtype of generator, but both have like a lot of energy. Um, it's like regenerating all the time. Manifesting generators ha- <laughs> are multi-passionate, uh, move really, really fast, um, can get a lot of things done in a really short period of time, but also make a lot of mistakes. So they have to go back and fix it <laughs> and come back to it. Um <laughs> generators are really consistent with their energy really good at starting projects once they start projects though they have to finish them so yeah one of those for sure it's your it's definitely challenging with this podcast because I don't really know what the end looks like yet right I intended at first for my first season to be just six episodes and then see how it did but it's been so much fun and I feel like there's still so much there. There's so much left, you know, that like season one needed to be extended, you know? I love that. That is really hard to wrap my brain around though. Not having 
a, a not having an end date or not having because I have like a weekly, you know, post on Monday. So I have like that deadline. But it's really hard to um, to be consistent in that way, you know. Yeah. So if I was a manifesting generator or generator, what would you uh, suggest for that? What advice would you give me for that? Um, I would have to look at what centers are open, other centers are open or defined for you. But I would say, listen to your intuition. I would say this for anyone, any uh, type. Listen to your intuition and things don't always have to be logical for them to work out. In fact, most of the time, things don't have to be logical. You just feel into your intuition and when our brains get in the way is when things start to get confusing and get complicated. Your body totally. knows what's right for you. Your intuition knows what's right for you. And so learning how to listen to that and trusting it, it's going to help you immensely. Girl, will you have a class on that? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'd love to. Please, yeah, make a, make a class on that. I will, I will go to that class. That would be awesome. You have to let me know. I will. I'll, Inspired I'll... by Cassidy's lack of... I don't know. You know, intuition. No, no, I have intuition. Need of intuition, knowledge. You just need to hone where it is in your body and figure out how to trust it. That's all it is. I mean, like, I'm I'm a hot girl with stomach issues. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Don't all, all pretty all pretty girls have stomach issues? Isn't that right? That's true. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but it's so interesting that you say that because I am actually creating a course that's similar Uh, I'm creating a course that is it's like my one-on-one coaching but in a course (laughs) so it's less money yeah so you'll have access to like the stuff that I use with my one-on-one clients I do use human design but I also use rationally motivated behavioral therapy to help people shift beliefs to things that will help them get to where they want to go um I also use that movement class that I did with you earlier as well as a few other tools um but I'm going to the packaging, I'm actually working on that this weekend as well, um, packaging all of that in a way where you'll be able to go through all of those tools in this course format with the videos and worksheets and stuff. I am going back and forth on having like monthly calls to answer any questions and to be able to help people kind of more one-on-one because I love working with people one-on-one. Totally. But I feel like you know, mindset coaching and manifestation coaching and all of this stuff is so beautiful and it's so inaccessible <laughs> like to a lot of people. Uh, and, and it's great. Like within the coaching space, I don't know if you know anything really about the coaching space. Oh yeah. Um, I listen. I am a huge podcast junkie. I listen to all kinds of coaches podcasts. Amazing. Um, yeah. Amazing. Well, there's a sentiment and it's kind of true where you have to like Like people are going to do more things and commit to things when you spend more money on it because you have a lot of skin in the game and it makes sense. But there's genuinely people who just don't have that access. And I know that from, you know, some of the people that I grew up around in my background, and there's just some really motivated, beautiful people who just, they can't get that access right now. And so I want to find a way to still, you know, 
have the value of the mindset coaching, still have my one-on-one, still have my workshops and everything, but also make the barrier to entry a little bit lower to mindset and manifestation coaching. Uh, So that's my goal in the next month. It'll be coming out in the next month. So look out for that. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. I'm so excited for you. Wow. Okay. So that's coming out this next month. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh my gosh. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm so excited for that course. So for listeners who want to learn more about human design, leadership, leading their own life, taking control of, um, taking responsibility for their own choices, actions, and manifestations, where can listeners find you to connect with you in the kingdom? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram and TikTok at Courtney A. Coffee. I also have a YouTube channel, just my name, Courtney Coffee. And my website, CourtneyCoffee.com, has all of my offers, but also has all of my uh, free resources. So if you're looking for some things just to like learn a little bit more about your chart or learn more about manifestation and stuff, I have some free resources on that on my website. So check that out. Awesome. Will you spell that for us? Will you like spell it out? Yeah. So it's C-O-U-R-T-N-E-Y and then C-O-F-F-E-Y. Wonderful. (laughs) E-Y. Yes, not (laughs) E-E. Perfect. Okay. Oh, my friend, I'm so stoked for you. You're my first um, friend who uh, I know who does coaching and you're so knowledgeable and you have all of this experience behind you. I know that at least one of my listeners connected with you today and will be giving you a call. So without any further ado, I have the final most important question for you. This is the reason why we come. This is the reason why we're here. Please, my friend, Courtney Coffey, what is one tip that you would give us for living your royal life? The most important thing is to not judge yourself for being yourself. Don't judge your feelings. Don't judge your emotions. Don't judge where you are in life. Okay, just exist, allow yourself to be and see what that feels like for you and be in that because that will lead you to the most magical things. That's so beautiful, my friend. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm so, I'm so stoked for you. I'm so excited for everybody to connect with you. And I hope that we can continue to like support each other and all of that. I'm just, I'm just stoked. Yes, I'm so I love excited. This. We gotta uh, do this again sometime. Oh yeah, I'm so glad that we finally got to connect. It's people, this has been months in the making. Yeah, literally. <laughs> like months and months and months since before the podcast even premiered. <laughs> this has been in the making. So thank you so much. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm so glad she finally got to come on the show. Isn't she just full of wisdom? <laughs> I remember we were so zen. I was I was so zen, zen and like so psyched because I just took her mindfulness movement class right before this. And I can't explain it. It was like 
(laughs) I was totally relaxed, but I also felt so much energy inside of me after a half hour dance class. It was truly incredible. Uh, Her mindfulness movement class, by the way, is just for anyone who has trouble meditating, doesn't like uh, to the whole sit still in the quiet, because you can still use movement in your body to help you manifest things. Not to mention get out negative emotions and get those endorphins flowing with the exercise. We were, I was sweating by the end. <laughs> she actually does human design readings. So if you are having trouble in your empowerment stage, uh, figuring out what your natural abilities, your natural strengths are, or if you're in your equip phase and you want to learn more about your natural strengths, Human Design is a wonderful tool that you can use. Uh, You can contact her directly on her website. I will be linking that in the show notes as well. And connect with her on social media. DM her. I'm sure that she would be so happy to talk with you. She has so many free resources on her website. And she's just an overall great gal. So who wouldn't want to be friends with her? I'm so grateful that I'm so grateful that she came on the show. I'm so happy. It was so long and we wanted her on the show. I think she's one of my biggest inspirations because she has had experiences on so many different levels, you know, personal and corporate and now owning her own business. So I hope her story gave you a good overview of the princess ship pathway. I feel like we touched on so many great points of it for her, how she initially got empowered, equipped, and now is inspired to continue her work. Go back and listen to the last episode, uh, episode 11. Yes, episode 11 of the Princess Ship Pathway. Get a little bit more of a feel for each different step and what each different person looks like who are in those stages to find yours. Once you find your phase, we will be able to move on from there. Not everybody's going to start at phase one. There are also journal prompts available on for free on the Instagram page right now that is all about helping you find your phase. This week's journal prompts and last week's journal prompts are all about helping you identify what phase you are in. So give those a look. Give them a try. Don't forget to tag us in your posts, hashtag living your royal life, to get entered into our giveaway. And I'm going to have some more news coming up about the two free workshops. Everything about the Princess Ship Pathway is absolutely free. Um, Developed by yours truly. (laughs) It is based on social emotional learning skills as well as leadership development skills, which is my specialty personally in my education career. But I find that not only students, you know, middle schoolers and high schoolers, which is where I I teach most of the time, um, not only do they need these resources, but People who are past high school also need these resources. So that's why we're here at the Princess Project Podcast, um, trying to create a community that can empower you, equip you, and inspire you to live your royal life. Next week, we're going to go even deeper into the empowerment stage, start working with that, um, start giving you, give you tools, strategies on how you can appreciate that spark inside of yourself and how you can prioritize it in order to make it a beautiful flame. 
Oh, man, she's an artist, ain't she? Because you're talking in the metaphors. <laughs> oh, man, I say stuff like that, and I think I'm like, who am I, Joanna DeVoe? <laughs> anyway, anyway. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. That would help us so much. While you are listening to this, I just got back from my honeymoon today. (laughs) So please, as a wedding present, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. This is the ultimate, the ultimate thing I could ever, ever hope for would be reviews because people like you who are benefiting from the free content of the Princessship Pathway and whether you are passively absorbing the information or actively working on the self-development process, you will be able to gain value and insight and tools that you can use in your own life. So other people just like you, struggling with the same things that you're struggling with, need to be able to find the show. So the best way that you can do that is to, one, leave us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, and give us a follow on social media, at Princess Project Podcast, where we can continue the conversation. The DMs are always open. And let me know what phase you're in. Let me know what interested you about this particular episode, what you're excited about, your questions, I aim to answer every question I get, whether it's here on the podcast or directly uh, through messages. And the Princessship Pathway is completely free. Free audio content, free journal prompts, free workshops, and a absolutely free giveaway. So whenever you do leave a review, that also enters you in the giveaway, by the way. And when you tag us in your post, at Princess Project Podcast, hashtag living your royal life, you will also get an entry in that giveaway. We will be back next Monday with another episode diving into the empowerment stage of the princessship pathway. And until then, go out there and live your royal life.